Doubt is a common human experience. It can be as benign as doubting whether the $2 purchase of Mega Million Dollar lottery ticket that Sherry and I made yesterday will result in winning the billions, right? We doubt that it will. But our doubt can have deeper implications as it holds us back sometimes from accepting important truths and promises uh, for our lives. And when we think about doubt, we can't help but think of the disciple Thomas, right? Thomas was one of the 12 disciples, and he was actually known for his loyalty and dedication. And I want to take a minute and look at a part of his story. So, you know, this is going back to the empty tomb, um, and, and Jesus had appeared to the disciples. But Thomas was not among the disciples this time. He appeared to the disciples, and they were amazed. Here was Jesus in the flesh, resurrected with them. Um, and, and here's where we join the story. This is found in John 20, verse 24 through 25. It says, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hand and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Let's go through the next slide. This is how it continues. Verse 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Despite his faithful service, Thomas is primarily remembered for the doubts he raised in these verses. Right? We, we know him as Doubting Thomas. Perhaps we are a little too hard on Thomas. His doubts are reasonable after all. He was absent when Jesus first appeared to the disciples after the resurrection. His fellow disciples excitedly shared the news of seeing the Lord, but Thomas remains skeptical. And if we're being honest, the depth of our own faith fluctuates at times. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's tested. Sometimes it's when it's tested, we do really well. Sometimes when it's tested, we, we take a little ding on that. And I'm going to tell you that that's okay. All people have faith, of faith have doubts at times. Doubt itself is not inherently sinful, and it's not a sign of a weak faith. It is a natural human response to difficult circumstances and complex theological questions. There is a lot to know and understand and believe, and God understands that we cannot fully comprehend this. It's natural that we would have questions, and, and sometimes those that come across as doubts. And we know that studying relatable Bible characters allows us to see their humanity. And reading their stories allows us to see how God works through flawed individuals like us and how they navigated various challenges and joys and sorrows. Their stories can provide inspiration, encouragement, and valuable lessons for our own faith journeys. Abraham doubted whether God was really going to make good on his promise to give him and Sarah a son. Elijah had his doubts that God was still with him. Mary, mother of Jesus, had her doubts about how she could possibly be pregnant with the promised Messiah. When, um, and she, she asked the angel, she said, how can this be since I am a virgin? And Andrew had doubts how Jesus could feed the 5,000 with only five fish and two loaves of bread. 
And Peter had doubts about reaching out the Gentiles. So do not feel shame or condemnation if you've ever paused and pondered things. You are in good company. Doubts are a natural part of believing. Doubt does not equal unbelief. Christian theologian Paul Tillich wrote, Doubt isn't the opposite of faith. It is an element of faith. This morning we're going to look at Thomas's infamous doubt for what it is. An experience and a question that once answered led to a deeper conviction, a more personal relationship, and a more mature faith. Thomas's famous declaration revealed his skepticism. He said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. It's as if he's saying, I'll believe it when I see it and when I can feel it for myself. Anybody said anything like that? Yeah. Despite desperately wanting it to be true that Christ was alive, I think I would have said something like that too. What about you? Yeah, I want to believe, but it just doesn't make sense. There was a reason for his reluctance to believe the other disciples. This was a miracle. And they'd seen him perform miracles, but this was a miracle. Completely unnatural to claim that Jesus could possibly be alive, walking and talking after the horrific way he was killed. The trauma of witnessing Jesus' crucifixion surely had a profound impact on Thomas. And it's likely that the shock of Jesus' death you know, shook his hopes and expectations about the reality of the kingdom. Right? Because even, even the, the soldier was saying, climb down from that cross. You know, why, why didn't he? Maybe he couldn't. You, you start wondering, you know, I saw him die a terrible death. Maybe, maybe it wasn't what I thought it was. However, Thomas's doubt became an important part of his faith journey as it revealed his desire for truth and understanding. Just as important as Thomas's question is, is Jesus's response to the questions and the doubt. He took a compassionate approach to the skepticism. Jesus understood Thomas's need for evidence and met him right where he was, just as he will with you. Instead of scolding, scolding him or, or condemning Thomas, Jesus lovingly appeared before him a week later. For Thomas, Jesus had invited him to examine his wounds, providing tangible proof of his resurrection, dispelling the doubt and addressing the specific need that Thomas had allowing him to find the answers that he sought. For you, Jesus may comfort your doubts in a less tangible but equally personal way. These individual encounters demonstrate Christ's understanding of our our human doubt, our human condition, and the importance of addressing that for us. After accepting the, the tangible challenge, Jesus gently encouraged Thomas to move from doubt to faith with a simple and powerful statement, stop doubting and believe. Listen, Jesus is famous for these short, I'd say commandments, but there's almost something more to it. Stop doubting and believe. Pick up your mat and go. Do you want to be made well, right? Is it really that simple? Jesus knows that faith, not just physical evidence, is a foundation of the Christian journey. But understand that he isn't dismissing it or or saying, get over it. He invites us to bring our questions and uncertainties to him in prayer. In moments of doubt, you can and should turn to God, who is gracious and compassionate and wants to give you wisdom. I think Thomas's aha moment is revealed with his confession of faith. He says, my Lord and my God. You know, he got it. 
When presented with the evidence and more importantly, divine assurance, Thomas wholeheartedly embraced Jesus as Lord and God. I like to think he had already done that, but he had some doubts. And he goes, my Lord, my God. We find a similar story in Mark 9 with Jesus healing a boy possessed by an impure spirit. So Jesus had, had been off, and, and this was about the time of the transfiguration, and he came back and he saw the disciples surrounded by a crowd, and the crowd was kind of giving him a hard time. And, and among this, Jesus was approached by a man. It said, Jesus, this is Mark 9, starting at verse 21 through 24. It says, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? The boy had um, been possessed. He'd been tormented by a spirit. And the father said, from childhood. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Listen to Jesus' response. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Now, we can read that a, a lot of different ways. I don't hear Jesus doing this, you know, like, how dare you ask if I can? I'm saying, if I can, be assured everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I love that. As with Thomas, the father's doubting heart transformed into a heart of faith. And this encounter with Christ became a defining moment in his life. His doubt had led him to a deeper revelation of Jesus' divinity. What's truly remarkable and certainly character revealing is that Thomas' doubt did not hinder his relationship with Jesus. It actually deepened it. Jesus concluded that interaction with these words. It says, because you have seen me, you have believed. And he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This wasn't an indictment on, on Thomas's lack of faith. It was a statement about future believers. Jesus acknowledged that not everyone would have the privilege of seeing him in the flesh. He prophesied about the believers who would come after living by faith without physical evidence. We count ourselves among those he's speaking to. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Assuming that we have not had an in-the-flesh encounter with the risen Christ ourselves, how can we address our doubts and deepen our relationship with Christ? First, you can safely be honest about your doubts. Instead of suppressing your questions or uncertainties, you should bring them before God in prayer and seek guidance in his word. We just sang the hymn, um, Just As I Am, I Come, right? Like the other doubts and doubters described in the Testaments, you can follow their example by, by actively seeking answers to your questions and doubts. This can involve Bible study, reading Christian literature, engaging in discussions with wise mentors, and attending church or Bible study groups where you can receive support, encouragement, and accountability on your journey of faith. Following Thomas's and others' examples involves being consistent in your faith and enduring through challenges and trials. It's essential to continue seeking God even during difficult times, trusting that he is always with you. Just as the disciples dedicated their lives to spreading the gospel, you can also share the message of Christ's love and salvation with others. Your witness and the testimony of how you live your life out in faith will have a significant impact on those around you. While we may not have had a physical encounter with the risen Christ just like the others did, we can still grow in our faith and become effective witnesses for Christ in the world like they did. This kind of faith is, is not blind but is rooted in a personal encounter with Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. 
This is the blessedness of faith without physical evidence. Faith that is not based on sight is a testament to the transformative power of the gospel. This serves as an encouragement for modern believers to embrace faith amidst doubts. Like Thomas, we may have moments of doubt, but we can still find blessing and grace in our journey of faith. Faith is not the absence of doubt, but the trust in God's promises despite the uncertainty. Let me say that again. Faith is not the absence of doubt. Faith is trust in God's promises despite our uncertainty. Friends, there is a difference between honest doubt and willful disbelief. Honest doubt seeks answers and a deeper understanding of God. Willful unbelief just rejects faith in in God's truth outright. As believers who may be in different places, we're on the same journey. We should always create and encourage and open a safe space for our questions. The church, the church is a global body of believers, not the building. Church should be a place where people can bring their doubts without fear of judgment. Thomas's story reminds us the biblical figures face struggles and doubts just like we do, and that God uses imperfect people to accomplish his perfect will. Reminding others of this as we have honest dialogue and exploration of faith strengthens the community. Through honest questioning, we can discover deeper truths and personal encounters with God. Encouragement to stand firm and, and share and firm in faith and share the gospel despite uncertainties. That's that's Thomas's transform, transformation from doubter to believer. This is a powerful example of God's redemptive work in us. Several notable individuals throughout history are famous for their doubt and later became great proponents or advocates of their beliefs. These individuals serve as inspirational contemporary examples of how doubt can be a catalyst for personal growth and a deeper understanding of one's faith. A few that I usually thought of before coming one of the most influential Christian apologists of the 20th century, C.S. Lewis was a self-proclaimed atheist who struggled with doubt and skepticism. Through his intellectual journey, he eventually embraced Christianity and wrote many books, including Mere Christianity, which defended the Christian faith. More recently, a former investigative journalist and legal editor for the Chicago Tribune by the name of Lee Strobel was an atheist who set out to disprove Christianity, but ended up becoming a Christian after conducting extensive research and interviews with experts. And he wrote the book, The Case for Christ, detailing his journey from atheism to faith. And Josh McDowell was a skeptic who set out to disprove Christianity's claims, but through his own research, found compelling evidence supporting the reliability of the Bible and the historical accuracy of Jesus' life. He became a a Christian apologist and author promoting a reasoned defense for the Christian faith. These individuals, along with others, many others, exemplify that doubt can be a stepping stone to a deeper and more authentic faith. Their stories remind us that even those who grapple with skepticism and uncertainty can become powerful advocates for their newfound beliefs, and their experiences can inspire us to be open and honest in our own faith journeys. We are all called to be bold witnesses for Christ, sharing his message of hope with the world. The disciple Thomas, he may forever be popularly known as Doubting Thomas, but to God, Thomas's doubt did not define him. His faith did. Whatever human shortcomings that you struggle with, be assured that they are looked upon by God as a catalyst for your growth. Ask God to use these and be prepared for what he does next. This is one of those risky prayers. 
Let's make that our challenge this week, to acknowledge a doubt we harbor and ask God to meet us where we are with it, to give us the desire and encouragement to seek assurance, the, the assurances that we think we need, and then for him to use it all as a way to strengthen our faith. Do you think that's easy to do or hard to do? We need to learn to be relaxed about doubt. The more attention we give to our doubts, the more focused we are on it, the more our doubts will grow. And then we start questioning ourselves and, and our convictions and our faithfulness. By worrying about your doubts, you can become trapped in a vicious cycle of uncertainty. But know that doubt is natural. Faith is not the absence of doubt, but rather faith keeps believing even in the midst of your doubts. Faith is more than seeing. Faith is more than observable facts. Faith is more than feelings. Faith is trusting God even when you cannot see God at work in your life or in the world. It is trusting in the light even in the darkness. Today we took a brief look at a portion of, of the life of disciple Thomas, a man who, who faced doubt head on and found faith in the risen Christ. His story resonates with us because it reflects our own experiences of uncertainty and questioning. We have seen that doubt is not the enemy of faith, but can be a catalyst for deeper understanding and a stronger faith and a stronger relationship with God. Just as Jesus responded to Thomas with love and understanding, he extends the same grace to you. In moments of doubt, he invites you to come to him, to seek his truth, and to trust in his presence even when you cannot see or fully comprehend what is happening. We were reminded that blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Let us take the lesson from Thomas's journey and apply them to our lives as disciples of Christ, partners in Jesus's ongoing ministry. Let us embrace our own doubts and seek God's truth with open hearts and open minds. Let us create a safe space within our church community and within our relationships where questions are welcome and doubts are met with empathy and understanding. May we be unafraid to seek answers, unashamed of our uncertainties, and bold in our witness of Christ. As we grapple with doubts and then grow in faith, let us remember that God's grace is sufficient and his love will carry us through any uncertainty we face. And as we depart this morning from this gathering, may the transformative power of God's love inspire us to live as faithful servants of the risen Christ. Let us go forth trusting in his truth, living out his love, and proclaiming his gospel to a world that needs to know the hope we have found in Jesus. Let's make that our prayer. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving Father, we thank you for the story of Thomas and others, people whose doubts turned into a powerful testimony of faith. We confess that we too have our moments of uncertainty and questioning. Today we come before you with our doubts and seek your guidance and wisdom. Help us, O oh Lord, to approach our doubts with honesty and a genuine desire for truth. May we find a reassurance in your presence, just as you revealed yourself to Thomas. Strengthen us to trust in your grace, even when we cannot see the full picture. Lord, we pray for those among us who are wrestling with doubts. May your spirit minister to their hearts and lead them closer to you. Grant them the courage to ask questions, the desire to seek answers, and the patience to wait upon you, and the assurance that your love never fails. As we go forth from this place, may we be bold witnesses of your gospel, sharing the hope and love that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Let our lives reflect the transformative power of faith and joy of knowing the risen Savior. It's in his son's, your son's name we pray. Amen.